0: You're listening to a Platforms podcast, your source for cutting edge, relevant Tara. Enjoy. As as always, um, I, I do feel the need to express my appreciation, um, just on a personal level, because this is this is very meaningful to me. Um, and as you know, I'm all about me. So, thank you. Um, so we're going to talk. <laughs> I wasn't joking. Um, so we're going to talk about Rosh Hashanah, and and what we're going to attempt to do is—is uh, is this chair going to break when I'm sitting in it? Because that would be really funny if that happened. It would be amazing. Okay. Yeah. Well, no one who no one who heard it would. If there's a crash and you're listening, that's what it was. Uh, I want to deal with a question that has been whooping me for. Forever. I mean, and, and this is a question that all of you have had. You've all wondered this, um, unless you refuse to think. If you absolutely refuse, if you suspend all belief, then, then perhaps you haven't had this question. But I don't, I mean, you guys are here. You're not in a different place. So you've probably thought about this question before. So there's a Mishnah in Rosh Hashanah. Remember, coming up in Rosh Hashanah is probably a good idea to talk about that. The Mishnah in Rosh Hashanah says that there are four Rosh Hashanahs which the first time you read that when you're in, I don't know, 7th, 8th grade or something, you're like, yeah, by definition, um, no. How can you have four Rosh Hashanahs? It doesn't make any sense. But then you get a little bit older and you realize that, well, you know, there's a fiscal year and that could be like April 15th and there can be a school year on September 1st and there could be an NFL season on, you know, October. Like, okay, there can be different Rosh Hashanahs. All right, I'm down with that. That makes sense. So the Mishnah says there's a Rosh Hashanah for Maseh there's a Rosh Hashanah for, uh, for Staros, and there's a Rosh Hashanah for Shanim. And the one that we're going to deal with, obviously, is the one that's the Rosh Hashanah for Shanim. So the Gemara says, the Gemara says, b'tishrei Rosh Hashanah l'shanim. Actually, that's not, it's not a direct quote. I should probably do it properly. The Mishnah actually says, b'tishrei Rosh Hashanah l'shanim So the Gemara says, uh, L'may Like, what, is, what does that mean? That it's Rosh Hashanah for Shanim for years? What does that mean? So the first time, again, that you read this, you're like, oh, well, it means the calendar year, right? It means January 1st. But that's stupid because January 1st doesn't mean anything. January 1st is an arbitrary date that somebody pulled out of his ear. You understand? The calendar is a circle. There's no beginning or end to a circle. So if you tell me that there's an afkamina, as in for the IRS April 15th and for school September 1st, etc., then I understand why there would be something called a Rosh Hashanah. It's a Rosh Hashanah that's practical and it has an Afghamina. But why would you just be like, oh, January? That's crazy. So so that's what the government was asking. They were like, what do you mean it's a Rosh Hashanah for shunim? It's meaningless. So, haha, <laughs> thank God for Repubba. I'm a Repubba staros. It's talking about Staros. Oh, wonderful. Why? Well, because... It turns out that you can you can post date a contract but you cannot predate a contract. Now, I don't want to get too deeply into this, but it's very very intuitive because if I want to lend you a million dollars and I say listen man, we're going to we're going to write that the loan is only chal 5 months from now. I want to give you a little bit of an extra time to, you know, get on your feet so you can pay it back. That's fine. But you can't predate a contract because if you predate a loan of a million dollars, well then that would supplant any any who should have had access to that money as prior mortgages before that, right? So you can't predate a contract, but you can post date it. And therefore there has to be a Rosh shana for contracts. Now you might think intuitively, but I don't understand. Why don't you just write the date on the contract? It's March 7th, 2004. And the answer is because you think that there's such a thing called March 7th, 2004. But that's because you have been raped in the mind by the Christian church, which has told you that, that it's the year 2019. Really? Really? It's the year 2019. The world is 2,000 years old. That's crazy. And yet, it's really, it's amazing. Cause like everybody thinks like this. You, you think about how, how, you know, the default positions of people are so nuts, but it doesn't matter. The point is, uh, so you, before you had the, the church, which said that this is the day, no matter where you are, you actually had to have, you know, days. You had to have dates. So what did you do? You went with the king. You went with the king. So it's fourth year of the reign of Chaim Yankel. And that's how you knew what year it was, it, you know, and it, it worked quite well that way forever. Um, until Jesus came and consolidated everything. So, uh, that's that. The problem is, of course, the problem, of course, you were know, like, uh, excuse me. You said, was you already said that in the Mishnah. And I'm reading the Mishnah. You already said contracts and you said that that one is in July, not April. Can't have it both ways. And we're like, oh, no, 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 Lokasha, kalamachi kalamachi Obviously, Jewish kings need to count from a separate date than non-Jewish kings because we're Jews. And it's not enough that we wrap leather boxes and wear strange fringes and don't drink anybody's wine and wear kapalachs on the head. We also have to have a different calendar for our contracts because it's not like we ever do business with Gentiles. So in order to further confuse all of the legal ramifications of doing business with non-Jews, we're also going to have a separate dating system for some bizarre reason. But apparently it's very important, so important that it's, we're declaring it a Rosh Hashanah and putting it in the Mishnah. Okay. Fine. So that's the that's the first answer of the Gemara as to what the Mishnah means when it says that Ba'echad Betisri is Rosh Hashanah l'shanim. Okay. So then the Gemara says, well, alternatively, it could be, like Rav let 'Let's Kufa. When the Mishnah says that it's Rosh Hashanah name, it really means that it's Rosh Hashanah for seasons, because we know there are four seasons, and, you know, one of them has to come first. So we're going to declare the Tkufa tishrei as the first one of the seasons, which, again, begs the question, um, it's a circle. So which season comes first? I don't know. I say the egg. Do you want the chicken? It's one of those questions, but okay, Mars says that but And it's Rabbi Eliezer, because Eliezer said never Olam which is of course also a very difficult thing to understand. Yeah? never olam What Olam are you referring to? Which Olam would that be? You mean Earth? You mean our particular star? Like, what do you mean that the world was created in Tishrei? The world is many, many billions of years old. You know that, right? So, what time was it created? I, I, difficult to understand what he means by that. But, whatever he means, he means. So, that's, that is another possibility. That's the third possibility in the Mishnah, as to what the Mishnah means when it says it's Rosh Hashanah, Lashanah. Um, and now, we come to my personal favorite. Uh, Nachman Bar Yisogamar, Ledin. Uh, no, it's the Rosh Hashanah for Din. Cool. Cool. Forgot all about that one. That's the fourth one. Um, because it says He's talking about the the, the Pasuk in Akev that says uh, And that, we're not going to go into this but that, uh, the Gemara understands that to constitute Din Okay, so it's Rosh Hashanah And the Gemara asks a fascinating question I'm sorry that I have to do this, but there's no way to do this other than just to do it The Gemara's like um, It says in the Pasuk that Hashem does Din from the beginning of the year to the end of the year. You know what the Pusik didn't say? When that is. Pusik never said that. Pusik just said, beginning of the year to the end of the year. Did I give you any indication whatsoever as when that year might be beginning and ending? It just says, I do it. So it was like, how do you know what that means? Tishrei. It's a pretty good question. Thank God we have an answer. because it says, Blow a shofar in the month... In the exact date on the day of our holiday, what holiday is the month covered in? Haviyom the Rosh Hashanah. That's got to be Rosh Hashanah. Why? Because most of our holidays fall out in the middle of the month, which is the full moon. But it turns out we have one biblical holiday that begins in the beginning of the month. In the beginning of the month, there's no moon. The moon is hidden. And therefore, uh, obviously, Davod HaMelech in Tehillim is referring to Rosh Hashanah. And the next is Hayakov. So God is obviously doing Din, and it's Rosh Hashanah, and that's how you know that that's what the Pesach meant in Akev when it said that God does Din in the beginning of the year. So how do you know that Rosh Hashanah is Yom din? Because King David wrote a poem a thousand years after the Torah was given, and in chapter 81... He says, "Blow a chauffeur." I mean, I got to read this to you, man, in the English, because it's so good. I'm gonna. Have you ever read this capital? Your life is not complete. You have to read this. I'm gonna. I'm gonna read this for you. You're gonna hate it. You're gonna hate it. I'm gonna read it for you. <laughs> ah, you know what the gitit is? Al hagitit. That's his instrument. It's like. It's like calling it the Colombian because it was like a Colombian guitar. It calls it the Colombian. When I Himu right? Sing joyously to Hashem, to the God of our strength. I don't know which God that is, but this, apparently it's the God of our strength. Hario Little tnu na'imim navel, right? You know he was like, you know he was talking before Rabbinic Judaism because they used to do this on Rosh Hashanah right they were like rocking out no but you have to like close your eyes and actually get into what he's saying because it's it's really awesome and that's what it's supposed to be right people don't know about Chavez, and that ruined everything but anyway shofar, <inaudible> raise up I'm sorry blow the shofar at the moon's renewal <inaudible> at the time appointed for our festive day because it's a decree for Israel judgment day for the God of Jacob he appointed it as a testimony for Joseph when he went out over the land of Egypt when I heard a language unknown to me, I removed his shoulder from burden. His hands passed from the kettle. In distress, you called out and I released you. I answered you when you called privately with a thunderous reply. I tested you at the waters of Sela, of Strife Sela. Listen, my people, and I will attest to you. Israel, you should listen to me. There should be, I, I, I don't want to go on. Cause it's brutal. You're really like, what the heck is he talking about? What is he saying? Like, what does any of this mean? I mean, it's very, it's very pretty. It's very pretty. What does it mean? Whatever it means, and hopefully we'll get there today. The Torah accidentally forgot to tell you that Rosh Hashanah is Yom Hadin. Oops. Doesn't mention it anywhere. Nowhere. So I have a small question for you. How does David HaMelech know? Who told him? What do you mean, Come on, come on. How does David Hamelach know that Rosh Hashanah is in Tishrei? Who told him? Furthermore, you listen to the drasha. The drusha is hilarious. You'll forgive me for saying so. It's hilarious. Tiku b'chodeshofar b'kese liom chagenu. How do you know that it doesn't mean you should blow a shofar on Rosh Kodesh? Because he says, Bakesa liyom chagenu," Bakesa does not mean in the covering. Bakesa means with precision. As it says in Mishle, liyom hakes. Liyom means precision, the appointed day. Yeah, but see, kessa is also a lashon of kisoi. So David Amalek is giving you a double meaning to tell you that we're talking about the time when the month is hidden. I mean, you know, he could have said that. He could have just said what you're saying he said. But he didn't say really what you're saying he said. He said something else and you're kind of, you know, trying to push it really hard so that it works for you. I mean, that's how you know Rosh Hashanah is Yom How satisfied are you? It's the fourth answer of the Gemara as to what it means that Tishrei is a Rosh Hashanah Lashanah. The fourth. And after the fourth answer is dropped, and you actually read the Pusuk, where the Gomorrah derives it from, like, I don't see that. I don't see that. And then what are you talking about Yosef? Yeah, because Yosef left prison on Rosh Hashanah! Oh! Which is true, right? right? That's why, maybe that's why he made it into the paragraph. It's just bad, man, it's just bad. Okay, well it gets worse. So the Gemara says in Sanhedrin, Gemara says, We do not declare a leap year at night. It has to be during the day. And if you happen to do it, if you convene the bezdin and they were ma'aber it at night, it doesn't work. And it's similarly by Kiddush You can't sanctify the month at night. It has to be during the day. Okay. Am Baba. My see, it's funny how they go, just structurally, when the Gemara says My Krah, it's, it's funny how it, it makes a statement, and then it says My Kruh. The My Kruh should really come before the statement, but it wants to introduce it in a way that you'll understand. So it tells you the concept, and then it says where you get the concept from. That's what My Krah means. My Kruh means means what, what is this Pasuk? Like what's Pasuk saying? So, Am My Krah, Tiko Shofar, what is the Posik saying when David Melech says uh blow a shofar in at the month when the when the holiday is hidden? Well, Miskasabo, Rosh Obviously it's gotta be Rosh Hashanah because of the date thing. ki Mishpat Lhayakov, right? Well, ma Biyom Biyom, baby, because we know that you can't do you can't do mishpat at night. That doesn't work. That doesn't work. Can't do Mishpat at night. So since it says that God is judging, and judging can't be at night, then it must be, and it's talking about the Chodesh, so it must be that you can't be Mekadosh the Chodesh at night. Okay. Okay. That's, that's good. That's a good way of telling you that. That's the best way to tell you the limitations on Kiddush chodesh is to shtup it into that possibly talking about something else. That's, that's a good job. That's a good job. Not done. <laughs> so this this din thing, this din thing turns out to be a big joke. A big joke. Mar says on Yudzayinu Vebeis in Rosh Hashanah. When the says lokecha, Ba. What's Ba? Well, Kosh Baruch who is looking at Eretz Yisrael, itim Sometimes he's looking at it for good and sometimes he's looking at it for bad. What do you mean? Well, okay, it's odd. Let's say that that Yisrael are terrible on Rosh Hashanah. So obviously, gives them very, very little rain. Well, And then they became good after Rosh Hashanah. You know, a good sukkah can really do that for you. And they became good. Well, lahosef the afshar shikvar nigzara gezerah. Yikad can't give him more rain, cause he already pushed the little rain button. He can't push the other button, so what's he gonna do? Oh no. Ella kosprochum bizmanon ala arts has rikhalehen hakolafia makes sure that the land, that the rain falls, there's only two inches of rain, but it's gonna fall precisely in drip irrigation. It's gonna fall exactly where you need it, and it's gonna be fine. Okay. Eatim and the flip side is also true. Kate sad Harisha. you Rosh Hashanah. Jews were tzadikim and gemurim, and and so obviously, what does he do? Upasku So upasko l'engisham Rubin. He's gonna give him a lot of rain. you gonna have a hundred inches of rain. They had a bad sukkahs. They had a bad sukkahs. Can't do. Can't take it away. Shekvar nixor gazer. Again, the button's already been pushed. So what does God do? Elikis brochum meridin shlobasman Don't worry, God will just make the rain fall in all the places you don't need it. It'll fall in like the swampland, right? Do you understand what the problem with that is? It doesn't matter what din you got on Rosh Hashanah. If you got a crappy din and you're good later, don't worry, don't worry. Two inches of rain is going to be perfect. And if you got a great din and you become a turd muffin later, then God will just turn off the faucet because it's going to rain in your bilge pump instead of on your garden. So who cares? It doesn't matter. It's a farce. The whole thing's a joke. (laughs) This has been bothering me for a long time. Okay, so let's try a thought experiment. When the Gemara says shachodesh <laughs> haviyom the reason that the Gemara is darshaning it like that is because it didn't make sense. If David Melach was trying to say, again, you understand the word "kese" obviously has a double meaning. Well, there's no reason for David Melach to say on the exact day of the holiday. He could have just said "biyom chagenu." So when he says "ba'kese liyom chagenu," obviously he's leaning on the word "ba'kese." That's why the Gemara darshins the word "ba'kese" because it doesn't belong there at all. Okay, so it must be. He's talking about the Kisui. Well, either you can say, again, the way that I understood it until very recently, that he's telling a poem about Rosh Hashanah, or you can say that the operative and essential property of Rosh Hashanah is the fact that it is Bakesa. You understand the difference? He's saying, he is telling you about about the properties of Rosh Hashanah. And when he describes Rosh Hashanah, he describes it as Bakesa. It's not a description of when it happens to fall out on a calendar. It's a it's an articulation of the principles of Rosh Hashanah. That's what he's saying. And That's why the Gemara is Darshaning, what it's Darshaning. So if you look at Rosh Hashanah from a from a Torah perspective, you're gonna find a few curious things. First of all, it's not the beginning of the year. Right? You notice that. Because you open up Parshas Emor and it says mm-hmm. And uh, last time, I'm not so good with Hebrew. Maybe you can help me. I'm pretty sure Shvi'i means seventh, doesn't it? It's not the first month. It's the seventh month. So the fact that you call it Rosh Hashanah is also funny. It's not just funny that you think it's a Yom Adin and the Torah forgot to mention it, but it's also in the wrong month. You're off by six. Well, that's one curiosity. Another curiosity might be, um, what happened on Rosh Hashanah? Riddle me this. You, you have five Moadim in the Torah, not counting Shabbos, because the Moadim starts with Shabbos, but let's leave that out for a moment. You have, in the following order, Pesach, Shuas, Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, Sukkot. That's the order. Who among us does not belong? Pesach, you were freed from Egypt. Shavuos, God gave you a Torah. Sukkot, God put you in booths. Yom Kippur, God forgave you. What happened on Rosh Hashanah? Nothing. Nothing happened on Rosh Hashanah. Nothing has ever happened on Rosh Hashanah. (laughs) What happened on Rosh Hashanah? Don't know. And what do we do on Rosh Hashanah? Do we sit in a booth or eat a cracker? No. You blow a horn. Blow the horn! Why? I don't know. doesn't say this <laughs> is like unbelievable you'd think you'd think god gives you a book he wants you to understand it he tells you everything you need to know and he doesn't tell you a darn thing <laughs> it's like shall so nice you know but like god forgot to write it, it, it it's very disturbing <laughs> it's very disturbing unless of course of course I say, of course, this was not ob- this was not obvious to me until it was. It's like when you see it, you're like, duh, it's been there the whole time. Um, obviously, the difference between Rosh Hashanah and the other holidays is that the other holidays have in, in some way a function that had to do with something that happened to you and Rosh Hashanah does not. Well, then what does Rosh Hashanah have to do with? If it doesn't have to do with anything that happens to you, then what does it have to do with? It has to be just the reality of the cosmos. It has nothing to do with you. It has nothing to do with you. At all. Nothing happened to you. Nothing. It's a reality of the world. It's just how it works. Rosh Hashanah is physics. What does that mean? What would that look like? So I was thinking like this. It's funny. Because I've said this idea before, but you can never say it enough. I think that most people feel as though they travel, that they have, you know, 90 years in the theme park. So you live in the theme park. I mean, Disney's like, Disney. Miami is, is a really good place in the theme park. Like, Lebanon is a bad place in the theme park. But the point is you're have a you in the theme park. And and God gives you, you know, we should all be Zayche, gives you 90 years to run around the theme park. And there's some places that are better and some rides that are less good and some lines are long and sometimes you stand around people that you don't like. And like, you have 90 years to be in the theme park. And that's how people look at at their lives. Now, what is time to most people? Time to most people, I believe... I could be totally wrong in projecting, but I don't think so because I've met many people. I know lots of people. Wherever I go, there are people. Here's what I think they're thinking. I think they're thinking that time is sort of like uh, miles or watts or joules or pounds in that there's no such thing as a pound. There's such a thing as there's a concept called weight. Weight exists. Pounds don't exist. Pounds are your arbitrary way of measuring weight. There is no unit of weight that is essentially or inherently or cosmically a pound. Why not a kilo? No reason. In fact, it should be kilos. Pounds are stupid. It's like 16 ounces in a pound. Like Americans. Anyway, how do you measure energy? Joules. Why? Why not? You have to measure it somehow. Miles. Same thing. There's a concept called distance. We have to measure the distance so that we can communicate with each other. So if I were to say, so Giddy and I, we're gonna, we, we've decided we're gonna have a mandate. So if we say, okay, I'll meet you at Starbucks. Great. And then I went to Starbucks and he wasn't there. Well, yeah, cause you didn't go at the same time. Oh, so we need to know when we're gonna meet there. There's a concept called time. Let's measure it. We will measure it in seconds and minutes and hours. You don't really think there's something called a second, do you? You don't really think that hours are real, do you? Well, because you can take the rotation of the sun and you can divide it equally among 24. It's not divisible by any other number. And what makes you think that the, the spinning of the world is how you should calculate a day? Totally arbitrary. That's not true. It's not totally arbitrary. But it's somewhat arbitrary. That's how people think of time. <laughs> no. 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 I don't think that's true at all. I think that's... uh the opposite of true, um the way that whether you could look at it instead will go something like this um you don't you don't get to go around theme park for ninety years. you get to live through ninety years. understand you don't get ninety years of time in the theme park, you live in ninety years. You live through the years. You live in time, not in space. You live in time. So yeah, but where am I? You need a place to be. Right. But the place where you are matters very little. It doesn't matter if you're in Chicago or China. The time that you're in matters very much. The time has a personality. And there is Kedusha in space also. There is Kedusha in space, but it doesn't follow you, of course. You have to go to it. That has to be the kanta of Elisa el hamakam When it comes to time, the time is going to be Kedusha in Moed, wherever you are. The Kedusha is always there. Why? Because you travel through time. So now let's take a look at the word. This is again. This is something that we've talked about before. But it's a, again. It bears Pazara. The word for year in Hebrew is shana. Shana means year. Um. Tell me something. Does it also maybe mean to learn? Right. The shanot is to learn in the Talmud. Yeah. Tell me. Does it also mean to change? Does it also mean to repeat? In karisa So you're telling me that in Hebrew the same word for year and change and repeat and learn? I mean, you think that whoever created Hebrew would be a tad more inventive. Come up with a few different words for those seemingly unrelated concepts. So obviously they're the same concept. How can it be both to change and to repeat? That's totally mutually exclusive. Well because a year a year repeats. A year repeats. A year is by definition a cycle. That's what we're saying. We're saying is time is constant. Time is constant and you travel through it. You travel through the unit of the year. It repeats. It also changes and it also means learn it. How could it repeat and change? It doesn't. It repeats. You change. When you go through the year, you Change, even though you're going through the same process again, because you're human. So you go through the same process as you went through before, but this time you learn something differently that you didn't see before, and therefore you change through the learning, through the repetition, through the change. That's why it's called Shana. So you travel through a year. If you travel through a year, you travel through the year, and that means that all of the months have personalities. They're all different. Otherwise, why would you have 12 months? Like, what does that mean? Let's go tangential just for one second, okay? Like, the Gemara says, the Gemara says the thing, it sounds so silly. He's like, oh, why are there earthquakes? The Gemara says, why are there earthquakes? Was, oh, I don't know, because the, 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 the notes neas, right? And I say, well, why are there blood moons? Because of Elias! You, know, and you, think you read this, and you're like, what are you, Jerry Falwell is his name? Billy Graham? Like some kind of pastor? You're blaming the tsunami on gay people in Thailand? Like, th- that's that's the Gemara? I'm pretty sure that earthquakes are tectonic plate shifts, but hey, what do I know? So what does the Gemara mean when it says, Earthquakes mipnei ma? Right. What it's saying is, yes, obviously, Tyrakin, the earthquakes happen when the plates shift. But that's not what the Gemara is asking. The Gemara is saying, why are there tectonic plates that shift? What is the purpose of God creating a world which will operate like this? It would have operated equally well without that. Oh, good. So we can teach you this or this or blah 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 blah. By the way, this can answer rainbow questions and Parsha Snow out too. So you can keep that in the back of your head or on the shelf or whatever. Um, the point is, so so each time, each time has its own personality, and that's why there are twelve different months, which, you know, correspond to Shvatim and, you know, etc. etc. So, if that's the case, I would argue the Gemara is not telling you four answers as to what the Mishnah means when it says that Tishrei is a Rosh Hashanah Lashanah. The Gemara is giving you four manifestations of one answer. There are four different ways that this idea pops up They're all the same idea. Let's return to our previous question. We said it's not the Rosh Hashanah, it's the Chodesh HaShvi'i. Hmm. Which is it? It's Machlokas Negomara, Betishri Nivra HaOlam, or Benisa Nivra HaOlam? This is an actual argument. There were two rabbis who sat around arguing whether the world was created in January or July. What the heck kind of argument is that? And how would you know if you're right? And why does it matter? What are you arguing about? What are you even talking about? They're not arguing. <laughs> it's going to be a lot of fun. You understand that the first mitzvah that the Jews get as a nation is hachodesh and rosh v'lashem. You know why that's your first mitzvah? Because the day before... Do you know when your first Chodesh was? Tishrei. Because the world was created in Tishrei. Which is why there's a difference between Gentile kings and Jewish kings. Because you can't count the days the same because they have two different calendars. The reason why Rosh Hashanah is called Rosh Hashanah despite the fact that it's in the seventh month is because there is not one Jewish calendar. There are two Jewish calendars. There is a human Jewish calendar and there is a Yisrael Jewish calendar. And they operate on separate axes. The human calendar begins in Tishrei. The Jewish calendar begins in Nisan. When the Gemara says, Oh, yeah, and it's the first of the seasons, and it's the beginning of the world, what is that saying? It's telling you that the way that the world was created was through this midah as opposed to that midah. That's what it means when you say that the world is created in Tishrei versus the world being created in Nisan. Is it the personality of Tishrei, the personality of Nissan, the idea of Tishrei, the idea of Nisan, which we will speak about? So let's let's take a hop let's take a hop over to to David HaMelech for a moment and and let's let's just read this because it's it's mind blowingly beautiful this capital. It's amazing. It's really amazing. So obviously he's very excited about how you should sing to God, right? The first couple of psalms are talking about the the music and the dancing and how beautiful it's going to be, the singing together when you sing to God and blowing the shofar. And then he starts talking about Yehosef. Who's Yehosef? I don't know anybody named Yehosef. I know Yosef. Do you mean Yosef? Yosef doesn't have a hay in his name. Yosef is Yosef. Good old Joey. We know Joey. What do you mean Yehosef? Well, it turns out the Gemara talks about this. More, and so the Gemara says, What does the Posseg mean when it says, It's a very, very famous Rashi. As a matter of fact, in the Chumash, that talks about this because it turns out when Yosef interpreted Paro's dreams, when Yosef interpreted Paro's dreams um, and Paro was so impressed by this guy, he's like, wow, I'm going to make this dude the king. He's going to be the second in command. And all the cabinet was like, you can't put a slave boy on top of me. That didn't sound right. You can't put, you cannot elevate a slave to a position that is thus exalted. And what does Paro say back to him? He says, um, this kid's not a slave. This kid's not a slave. He comes from royal stock. Like, there's just no way. Obviously, he was kidnapped or something, but he's clearly not a bum. Well, how do you know? He was a you see, He spoke all 70 languages, right? And that's the whole Gemara that explains the Paro, and Lashon kodesh. Fine. Yosef learned the 70 languages. Okay, and that's Hoseflo Os Ahas of the hay, and that's why the end of the Pusuk is it says Edus be Hosef samo but say so alerit when he came out over all of Egypt on Rosh Hashanah Sifas Lo Yadati Eshma the languages that I did not know I can now hear. It didn't even bother me, honestly, for years it didn't even bother me. So I can't say that the that I had a question about it. I just I read it and I moved on and I didn't notice it. But but something occurred. And I think, how did Yosef learn seventy languages? Oh, Gavriel brought him Rosetta Stone, and when he was sleeping, he plugged him into the Matrix. Come on, right? What does that mean? What does that mean that Yosef learned seventy languages from Gavriel? Where would Yosef learn seventy languages? I mean, it's so obvious, right? It's staring at you in the face. Where would Yosef learn seventy languages? Jail! He's in jail for a decade. With who? Everybody. He learned the Shivim Lashon in jail. Most probably. I would think that's how that actually played out. Now, so he comes out. So why is HaKadosh Baruch Hu talking to you about this? That's interesting. And he's coming out on Rosh Hashanah. And for some reason, David HaMelech is talking about this in the essential description of Rosh Hashanah. By the way, I know this is very technical. I apologize if I'm boring you. You can feel free to leave at any time. I wouldn't stay. So, Edus B'Yohosef Samo. Testimony in Yosef, he put it. What what does that mean? It means the testimony, whatever the point is that David Amalek is saying, the testimony for this point is to be seen in Yosef's exiting the jail on Rosh Hashanah. That's what he's saying. That's what Edus B'Yohosef Samo means. So the point that David Amelach is making, the is to the point that the testimony that his point is correct is to be found in Yosef. Why? Hasirosi I took the the backbreaking work off of his shoulders. Kapov mi ta avarna, and I took away his palms from the sink. I mean there are two different ways that Yosef was a slave. He was a slave in backbreaking labor, and he was a domestic slave, a butler. I took him out of both of those. Batsara You will call me. From a place of tsar, and I'll save you. Which is, it's very moving. Like you're, you're hiding in a Nazi hole. And I will answer you from the depths, Ra'am. I'm not just gonna spirit you out with the CIA. I'm gonna entebbe you. I will answer you loud. Loudly, and I'll test you. If you call out from Tsar, I'll answer you, and I'll test you. Shema'ami ve'Aida bach. Listen, my nation, and I will testify again, in you. Aida <speaking in> bach. <Hebrew> what does Aida <speaking in> bach <Hebrew> mean? All you have to do is listen. It doesn't mean obey. It means listen. Listen to what? Listen to what, va'idah bach, to your own situation. If you want to know where you are in terms of your relationship with Hashem, you know what all you have to do is look at yourself, va'idah bach. What's your situation? Are you experiencing brachos or klalos? If you're experiencing klalos, you know you're doing something wrong. Go back to the drawing board, va'idah bach. Listen to me. Don't have any foreign gods. Anochi Hashem alokecha hamalcham eretz Mitzrayim. I'm Hashem, your God, who took you out of Egypt. I love you. har picha p'cha Open your mouth and I'll stuff it. I'll stuff it. There's no limit to what I will do for you. V'lo shama And my nation, they just don't listen to me. Be Yisrael lo avali. Yisrael doesn't want me. It's very telling. It's not that they don't listen to me because they don't like the theology. It's not that they don't listen to me because they don't believe in me. Lo avali. They don't want me. But Ashall Kheyub Shi I I I'll send them off to do whatever they want. You know, like in last week's parsh, we said, Ki bishri rusli be bi aleich. they'll go with their own plans. Lua mishome ali, if only my nation would listen to me. Yes Robha Kimato, I mean I'm this close What's Hashem saying? Okay, so let's go back to the beginning. A disbi a where did Yosef gain all of the tools so that eventually he would be able to go out and be the premier of Egypt? In jail. In the jail. In the jail. That's where he got the tools to do this. That's interesting. That's interesting. Because it almost makes you think of the difference between Tishrei and Nissan. Tishrei Nigalu or Benissan Nigalu? but Asidin Ligal. What are they saying? They're saying that it's both, right? Obviously, it's both because anything that happens, anything that happens, if you have a, a big Yeshua, you have a big Yeshua, God took you out of Egypt, but where were, the, where were the seeds that were planted in the ground that sprouted that Yeshua? Well, it began with Vayelach Hishmi Base Levi, Vaikakas Levi. Like, that's how the story begins. That's how the story begins. Yeah, but you don't you don't you don't smell moshe until he's eighty. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So what? That's Tishrei. Tishrei is the conception, Hayom Haras Olam, the manifestation, is Nisan. So you say, well then which one? First you, you could do this by Purim. You could do this by any Yeshua. Anytime a Yeshua happens, right? You say, well, when was the, when was the great salvation by Purim? When Achashverosh, you know, lopped off Haman's head. That's the big, that's the big Yeshua. Or maybe it's when he lopped off Vashti's head. Right? Because if he hadn't lopped off Vashti's head, there's no Esther. And if there's no Esther, there's no Yeshua. That's the difference between Tishrei and Nisan. They're arguing. There are two different ways of looking at it. Oh, so now let's get fun. Now let's get fun. Why wouldn't Why wouldn't the Torah tell you? Why wouldn't the Torah tell you that Tishrei is Yom Hadin? Because that would make you think that God decided to judge you on Tishrei. God didn't decide to judge you on on Echad Tishrei. You're just entering another cycle. Judgment is automatic. God doesn't decide to judge you on Echad B'Tishrei. It's not an arbitrary date. He didn't decide that this will be the time of judgment. That's the start. That's the start. And the nature of everything is that at its beginning, all of its potentials are mapped out to its end. Hashanah <laughs> All of its potentials. So listen to what that means, because I think it's really, really cool, and I think it answers the Gemara later on in uh, on Yud the base. We said the judgment is a farce anyway, because you got a good din on Rosh Hashanah and then you become bad and then you get you get messed up, or you had a bad din on Rosh Hashanah, you become good, and he gives it. So then, what's the point? All of those potentials were there from the beginning. When we say that your din is carved out, the way that we the way that we think about that is, oh, this is what's going to happen to me. But that can't be. That can't be because the Gemara is explicit that no, it can change. But that's not what it meant. That's, not, that's never what it meant. Every single possible potential is inherent in the din and Rosh Hashanah. If you continue on this path, this is what's mapped out for you. And if you make a turn this way, this is where it will go. That's what it means. All the potentials are mapped out. And you choose which one of those potentials you're going to walk in. So it's interesting because, you know, there's only one issue that I found in the Gemara that says thats that you're limited in, and that is Mizonos. Why? Why not how tall you'll be? How many girlfriends you'll have? How many shiurim you'll hear? Why, why this Mizonos thing? it's interesting because the Gemara says, Oh, well, Kihokli Isralhu. What does chok mean? Hatrifeni lechem chuki. kihok me paro. It's how much money you can you can own. What does that mean? Why why is the Gemara bring another pusuk by Paro that he would give them Chok to Paro to give X amount of food to each person? Because no, no matter how much money you make, you're limited by what the government will allow you to keep. So you have one cap. One cap. But once you have that cap, you can be very successful or very unsuccessful. That's what the Gemara is saying. And you know what's unbelievable about this? If you continue reading the Gemara there, which I don't want to do because, again, I'll bore you to tears. But if you continue reading the Gemara, Gemara says, I don't understand why you said for a tzibor that a Baruch will change the din. And yet here you're saying that a Baruch doesn't change the din. He just makes the rain fall in the proper place. You don't know think more answers? Unbelievable! It's like, yeah, because it's Afshar. Gam b'ha'chi Meaning what? I don't need to change the din. I don't need to paskin you more more water. I don't need to paskin you more money. I'll paskin you a better life with less money. You don't need more money. I. You know what? I flipped the value of the dollar. So can you imagine if you would have gone if you would have gone to somebody 150 years ago? you say to him, you're going to make $20,000 this year. I'll be like, are you kidding me? That's Jeff Bezos. You know what $20,000 was 150 years ago? If you tell someone today, you're going to make $20,000 this year, he will cry. He will cry below the poverty line. So you think it's really about the number of dollars that you're poskined? It's not. It's not. So... The reason that the Torah doesn't tell you din is because it's not talking about din. The Torah is just telling you that it's the beginning of the year. It's because betishrei nivra haolam. Memela, there's din. Memela, since you're entering into the theme park, there is a definition of what you are and all of the possible potentials. God can't avoid seeing every possible potential. It's all there. Okay, so how does David describe this? That's why you don't need a Makar for Rosh Hashanah for Din The Din is mamela. So how does How does David Amelech choose to tell you this? It's Why? Because the whole point of Rosh Hashanah is that it's covered You can't see it You don't understand it It won't become apparent to you until later you want to see? You want me to prove the testimony that I do this? Go look at Uncle Joe. You think you have problems? You don't have any problems. You have no problems. Open your mouth. What can I do? You're not interested. The whole point is that it's bakeseh. Listen to the other drush of the Gemara. The Gemara says, again, it's on Hedron, it's like, well, you know, uh, if you're Ma'aber the Shana or you're Ma'aber the Chodesh, at night it doesn't work. Why? Ki chok hu mishbal lo Yaakov and then chagenu. Why, why, why would that? Why would one thing relate to the other? It doesn't seem like they're connected in any way. Unless, of course, you tell me that the whole reason that it's din is because of cosmology. If the reason that it's the Din is because that's when the world was created and that's the beginning of the cosmos, then of course there is a relationship between Din and Ebor Shana and Kiddush HaKodesh. It's the same concept. Whenever you have a new thing, there's Din. It's not crazy. It's like dead on. It's what they've been talking about the whole time. Which is, I think, awesome. So, let's see if we've understood all of the loose ends. Let's see. So we asked, um, why doesn't the Torah say anything? Oh, I left that. This is so stupid of me. I'm sorry. Why are you blowing the horn? Right? What's with the horn? It's so weird. No, it's not. It's not weird at all. It's like the only thing the Torah tells you about Rosh Hashanah is you blow the horn? What does the horn mean? Yes, of course it means that to you. That's what you get from the horn. But what does the horn mean? You understand the difference? Not how does the horn affect you? That's what the Rambam was talking about. Who? Etc. But that's not why there's Shofar. Ramam's saying that's what you learn from Shofar. Why is there Shofar? Because Shofar is the bell! Shofar is the reset bell! It's literally what it is! You have it in school. Oh, you don't believe me? When do you blow the Shofar? Yovel? What happens on Yovel? You blow the Shofar, and everything reverts. (laughs) It resets! Go back to the Mishnah. Be'achol Rosh Hashanah, l'shanim u'shmitin li'ovlos. <laughs> right? It's not crazy. And so the Gemara says the Gemara asks the questions like, I don't understand. How could you say it's li'ovlos? How can you say it's li'ovlos? Yovel's on on Yom Kippur. That's ten days after Rosh Hashanah. He says, well, no, it's it's He says you start blowing the shofar on Yovel already by Rosh Hashanah, and you continue blowing it every day for ten days. That's the whole point of the shofar. It has nothing to do with you. <laughs> it's just it's just God, it's just another box of time that you're about to step into. that's what it is, and it mandates the din, and the din does not determine how good your year will be because you're still completely in control of that cause Ananiashi is Anshi always you can go this way, you can go that way. all the potentials are there. it's all there. So Rosh Hashanah is din almost by accident, or by definition. Similar to why the Torah doesn't talk about Matan Torah by Shavuos. It's Because you don't have Shavuos because of Matan Torah. You have Matan Torah then because of Shavuos. That's why. You don't have din on Rosh Hashanah because that's when God decides to judge you. That's the beginning of the cycle because that's how the world was created. This is how the units of time work. It's just a reality. It's physics. And therefore, there's definition when you step into it. What are you? What are all of your potentials at this moment? Will they shift? Yes. Are they dynamic? Yes. Will God stick to the limits of what he did? Yes. Will it affect you the same? No. No. It won't. $20,000, Twenty thousand dollars Twenty thousand dollars twenty twenty one's a good place to be one's a bad place to be. That's why David Meek says Bakese, and that's why the Gemara darshans by Ibrahodesh by Ibra Shana and Kiddush and relates it to din um that's why he talks about Yosef. That's what it means that Yosef learned 70 languages. That's why Yosef got out on Rosh Hashanah. Sh'ma mi va'idabach. If you're curious as to how you're doing in your life and what God thinks of you, well, the truth is, hmm, we should probably put a disclaimer on this because... One of the one of the klolos is is vanochi has and it's not it's not going to be so obvious to you but but what, what you should notice hmm. okay why not it's late anyway who cares comfy so dude get comfy I wasn't is so. We're we're reading in uh, in Devarim. By the way, if you want to see like little tiny Ramazim, which are so cool, they're so cool. When he says uh, "Hariu lelohim what what does that mean, right? You you dude, you can't begin to imagine the the precision of David's words. You can't can't it's crazy, and the and you only see it when you start to see little things you start to see the little things and you realize how big it is because you don't see the whole thing i mean like you, unless you're i don't know i maybe there are some people that do, but I know I don't what's haru Elohim Uuza well it probably i would guess i would guess and in fact I would wager um go to Nehemia, right we spoke last year if you remember in uh in in uh, Zach's house. Before Rosh Hashanah. And we we spoke about Sefer Nechemia. And what does it say over there? Sefer Nechemia says, you know, uh, Why? Why shouldn't you be sad? The joy of God is your maoz. What's that referring to? Rosh Hashanah. Where it says, Where it says, I always suspect strongly that that's what that's referring to. just like I suspect that when it says, Yohu Bishri Ruslibam, it's talking about this week's Parsha, which always falls out next to Rosh Hashanah. Which is what happens when you have this guy who says, Ki Bishri Libi Elech I'll go however I want to. Yeah, you will, you can, but it's not a good idea. What will happen? Re'eh. Re'eh it's all here, it's all here you have to choose you can't just kind of like go through it on the default it It doesn't work that way. it never ever works that way, but anyway if if you listen to listen to the to the words of the of of the the parsha just for a second, Moshe is standing on the banks of the Jordan river with a whole bunch of people. 3,300 years ago. And, and this is his goodbye speech because he's going to die. And everybody knows that. So he says to them, look, you guys are going to screw up and God's going to massacre you and he's going to be Holocaust and he's going to throw you everywhere. So he says to them, but don't worry! They'll come back! They'll come back! They'll come back? It doesn't work that way. It never works that way. Listen to the words that he said. Whatever your, whatever your opinions on the Torah happen to be, you be the bib- biggest biblical critic in the world. That there's a redactor and there's a JPEG theory and it was written over a thousand years. I don't care. You will have to admit to me that it's at least 2,300 years old. Like it has to be because we found scrolls that are older than that. So like we know it's at least that old and between you and I, we know how old it is. But fine, you're entitled to your opinion even if it's that old. What does Moshe tell these people in this thing? I mean, listen to the words. It's crazy. It says, The Hayah uh, will be, It will only be after both things happen to you. The Bracha and the Klala. When all of these things come, Right? You're going to be everywhere. You're going to listen. He'll come back too. If you're spread out in the corners of the world, where, where are you going to go? Yemen? Think God can't get you from Yemen? He'll get you from Yemen. You think He can't get you from Addis Ababa? Go watch the Netflix special. He can get you from Addis Ababa. You think He can't get you from Russia? He got you from Russia. I mean, you read the psukim from 2019 and you're reading them backwards, you see. You're reading them backwards because Moshe, I see this. It's crazy. There was one man who saw what we've all seen then. Moshe. Moshe saw it. He's like, don't worry. I mean, are you kidding me? Really? Yeah, really. Like totally really. Totally really. Totally really. Well there's Tishrei. And there's Nisan. The Tishrei is the part that's Makuse. You can't you can't see it. You can't see how it's gonna happen. That's why you can't do din at night. Can't do din when there's kisoi. It's not clear to you. In Nisan, it'll be clear to you. In Nisan, it'll be clear. So again, when the Gemara says, Betishrei, Asidin guil versus Benisan Asidin guil, it's not an argument. We're talking about question of stages. I hope you all have an amazing Rosh Hashanah and also an amazing year. And if you have any points of clarification, I'll take them. now. This has been a Platforms Podcast. Please share it with your friends. If you can think of one person to send it to, please take the time. It truly is the best way to help us out. If you have any comments or suggestions, please go and email platformspodcast at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you.